Good morning. And welcome to worship here at Springfield Church of the Brethren. It is Sunday, December the 11th. Our scripture today is not exactly what's in the bulletin. That was my fault. I made a, a typo. It's going to be 16, 19 through 28, if you wish to follow along. In the Pew Bible, it's on page 765. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. And when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of joy that the child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again and you will rejoice. And no one will take that way your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me anything very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and into the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Blessed is the word. Amen. So I lived in the Lancaster, Dolphin County area, let me see, four years of college, eight years of friendlies, that's 12, plus three years in seminary. So 15 years, which seems like a crazy amount of time in my life, but 15 years I lived in Elizabethtown, Hershey, or Lancaster, Pennsylvania, all that area. Now, despite living there for so long, I only ever went once to Sight and Sound Theater. Now, some of you know what Sight and Sound is, but for those of you not as familiar, it's a very large theater located in Lancaster County that is well known for putting on huge shows based on Bible stories and almost always involving animals. Their, their first real big show, the one that got them famous, was their version of Noah's Ark, which included a lot of animals that you generally do not see in a theater. Now, the one show I went to, because, I mean, come on, college student, I had no extra money. And then, working as a cook, I didn't have a lot. The tickets aren't the cheapest things in the world. But we got free tickets one year from a friend whose mom worked as a radio station. She gave us tickets, and we went and saw the Christmas tale that they do. Now, there's less animals in the Christmas story. There's like camels, donkey, maybe a horse. I think there were sheep. I don't remember. It's, it's a really good show. If you are ever down in the area in Christmas, it's a great show to go to. It's not biblically accurate, 
but what do you expect? As it is, we already have to paste two different stories together to get a single Bible story for the Christmas tale. And that's not enough to make, you know, a full-out musical production. They have to add a little something to it. Also, for some reason, people don't like to be reminded that Mary was like maybe 14, 15, 16 years old. So, you know, the, the actress is a little older than that. Anyway. So, I go to the show. It's really good. The music is great. The acting is great. There's some animals here and there. I'm pretty sure that the three wise men were comedians. Plus, they had camels, and that's always fun. Camels are cool. Ornery, but cool. Anyway. But then they did the one thing that honestly overshadows my entire experience. It's the thing I think about whenever I think about that show. It reaches the end. You know, that highlight, that manger scene. So Jesus is born, and in the manger, there's Mary and Joseph leaning over him. There's the three wise men on one side with their camels. There's the shepherd and the, the shepherds and the sheep on the other side. And angels are singing around them here and there. You know, donkey in the background. And then they raise a giant cross above the manger. I have a thing about that. I do not like mixing Christmas and Easter. That is a big bugaloo for me. I do not like those two being mixed. I mean, imagine you went back in time and you came to the manger and there's baby Jesus in the manger. And you know the song, Mary, Did You Know? You know Mary knew a lot. She knew this was the Messiah. She knew the kind of things he was going to do. All the same, she probably didn't know exactly how it was all going to end. And how would you be like, oh, Jesus, you're here. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that they are going to hang you up on a cross to die for my sins. I'm pretty sure that Joseph would take that staff upside your head. Just saying. Like, it just feels wrong to me that we should be celebrating the death of the baby who's in the, in, the, in the manger. The other part of it is, I think that often in American Christianity, this, is, this is, bugs my brother in this, but we seem to jump from Christmas to Easter, and we forget that in between, there's 33 years of life and three years of ministry and teaching, and we go, you know what? He was born for us to die on the cross to save our sins, and that's all that matters. Don't worry about the teachings. Just brush them over there. There you go, hiding behind the pulpit. You can't see it. That's the other part that bugs me. But at the same time, we cannot get away from the fact that this child was born with the idea that in the end, he would give up his life. We can't get that up. It's there. It's in so many of our Christmas hymns. Even the ones that we sang today. You know, the one we, the, the choir anthem just now. A reminder that this great joy will end in tragedy. That's painful. How can we hold that this is a wonderful season, knowing what is going to happen to this perfect, innocent babe. 
to be fair, pain and sorrow and joy are inexplicably unique, linked. I mean, gee, I'm not a mother. I've never given birth, as you probably all assumed. But I've been at three births, and I can understand somewhat what John is getting at, that, you know, birth isn't easy. It's painful. It's hard. It's scary. Now, I remember when Grace was born. Yeah, that was five years ago now. You know, Grace was born. We, we were about as ready as we could be. We have done all the classes. We've gone to all the scans. We always have had to have extra scans, even before you know, losing Sophie. You know, we, we always had to do a lot because Lauren's uh, hypothyroid. So you know, we were being regularly checked to make sure that everything was good. We were as ready as we could get. We even, we even toured the rooms. We knew what the room would look like. I knew how to pull out that, that couch bed that I was going to sleep on. It was scary. And then there was a small complication, and Lauren had to go to the OR, which was incredibly frightening for, for her and me at the moment. I, I, was, I can only talk from my side of the experience. For the first hour, I wore the, the I know I've brought it in on Father's Day before, but this blue zip-up hoodie I have so she could be right up against my skin. And for an hour, I rocked while this cleaning lady was going around our room wiping up all of my wife's blood. And right in front of me, on the side of the bed, where she couldn't see it, was a handprint. Like a full handprint. Some nurse or the midwife had put their hand inadvertently there and left a handprint in my wife's blood right in front of me as I'm rocking my child, and I don't know what's happening. Scary as all get out. Now everything was fine. And, and afterwards, the, the midwife explained, what happened? It wasn't that serious. Scary as all get out. I mean, it looked like we were trying to film Carrie in there. And then, you know, Sophie. And so when Becca came, it was the strangest mix of absolute joy that this baby is here and safe, but absolute sorrow that just yards down the hall was where I held her. And that will always be connected. Even when I'm sitting there quietly at night rocking him, trying to get him to go to sleep like last night, because he had his bottle, and then he smiled at me with his eyes wide open, and I knew it was going to be a long one. But I couldn't help but think of her. My joy is forever shaded with sorrow. But the thing is, the joy of Christmas season isn't just in the birth of the baby. It isn't just the birth of this Messiah who will teach us. Not just in this birth of this Messiah who will die upon the cross. There's a deeper joy. You know, you, know, you all know I love, I love my fantasy books. So I just finished uh, listening to the audio version by Andy Serkis, the guy who plays Gollum. Um, we listened to the Hobbit version he did. And now... Gracie and I are beginning to do The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is much more her speed, probably. 
If you all remember, you know, I know many of you probably have read the books or encountered the movies at some point. The lion, Aslan, gives himself over to die for somebody who doesn't deserve it. Or he doesn't deserve it, but for someone who did deserve it. And by doing so, he breaks the ancient magic, the deep magic that no one knows about. That's the thing with, with Christmas. There's a deeper joy that we, isn't obvious to us on the surface. Maybe it is to us. We've all been around this Christmas at least more than once, right? I mean, even the little guy over here, this is Christmas number two, though probably doesn't get most of it yet, and hopefully he'll like to unwrap a present. We'll see. The birth of Christ and the joy that comes in the birth of this baby that's going to be in the manger isn't just that there is a new life in the world, but that through this new life, all of us are offered new life. The deeper joy is in this moment, God and the divine reconnect with the earth. There was the Babylonian invasion, you know, the, the great exile, you know, the stories of Daniel and all that. They're gone. You know. Now, when this happened, at this point, the temple was destroyed. The Ark of the Covenant removed. This place where heaven and earth connected was destroyed. The second temple was later built and was dedicated. And, you know, Herod the Great, you know, Herod the guy who's in the Christmas story, builds up the second temple, makes it big and glorious again, but it lacks the Ark of the Covenant. It lacks a true holy of holies, the place where heaven and earth meet. Humanity and God disconnected. But here in this manger, we have a new holy of holies, a new Ark of the Covenant, a part where God's covenant with us is born into a baby, where earth and heaven become reconnected. And instead of being a box made of, was it, acacia wood and covered in gold, it's in a human life. One that lives the perfection we were always called to. And thereby allowing us to each live that life as well. The joy, the joy that we celebrate this morning is not just the baby. The joy is the empty tomb. The joy is the birth that happens again in all of us. Every time we encounter the empty tomb, every time we encounter the manger, that God has reached out and connected with each of us, offering us a new way of living, offering us salvation. One more kid's story. I didn't mean to bring him, but he came today because Gracie grabbed him. This is I. I is one of the dog triplets. We have three dogs, stuffed dogs. We also have the dog, honey. There's I, Gracie named them, I. Then there's Nose, and we haven't decided yet what the third dog is tails or ears, or tail or ears. We'll figure that out. 
I was Sophie's present to Gracie. Nose was Gracie's present to, uh, to Sophie. And ears or tails, whatever he's going to be, is, is Sophie's present to Beckett. That's why we don't have a name yet. Beckett hasn't named him. These dogs get a lot of love. I is always in Gracie's bed. If I is not in Gracie's bed, I have to go look for him. I sleep with Nose. Every night, I cuddle with Nose under an arm or above my head, just the way I connect to her. There's a lot of joy in that memory of her. Even if there's a lot of sorrow. So we come to the manger. There's a lot of joy in the baby there. There's a lot of sorrow in knowing what he will have to live through. But there's even greater joy that he lived for us. So, as you celebrate Christmas, as you remember wistfully years past, those who are no longer gathered around the tree and the table with you, may you find joy that they had lived and they continue to live on in you. Just as we know what Jesus is going to go through, may we have joy that he went through it for us that he came back. Have joy. So go out rejoicing. It is a time to rejoice, to celebrate. Yeah, there will probably be some hard moments. Moments when you realize there's somebody missing. Moments when you think about Christmas and there's some sadness, some nostalgia but rejoice. Rejoice the child is coming. Rejoice the child is here for you. Rejoice in all men.